0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who does instruct the hearts of the faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant that by the gift of that same Spirit, we may be always truly wise and ever rejoice in his divine consolation. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. There they made him a supper. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those at table with him. Mary took a pound of costly ointment of pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the ointment. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, he who was to betray him, said, Why was this ointment not sold for three hundred denarii and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and as he had the money box, he used to take what was put into it. Jesus said, Let her alone, let her keep it for the day of my burial. The poor you always have with you, but you will not always have me. When the great crowd of the Jews learned that he was there, they came not only on account of Jesus, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests planned to put Lazarus to death also, because on account of him, many of the Jews were going away and believing in Jesus. The next day, a great crowd who had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, saying, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. And Jesus found a young ass and sat upon it, as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold your king is coming, sitting on an ass's colt. His disciples did not understand this at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that this had been written of him and had been done to him. The crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead bore witness. The reason why the crowd went to meet him was that they heard he had done this sign. The Pharisees then said to one another, You see that you can do nothing? Look, the world has gone after him. Chapter 14 of the book Paths to God, written by Bishop Javier Echevarria. The Christian meaning of time. There is nothing that does not owe its existence to God the Creator. This is true also of time, a measure not of God's life but of the world that came forth from his hands, where change occurs, birth and death are realities, and life involves both growth and decline. And although human beings, to some extent, escape the limitations of the temporal, we remember the past, and in imagination reach out to the future and even arrange it, nevertheless, our ability to transcend time is not absolute. On the contrary, we are subject to time and to change and aging. Only God, in His infinite perfection, is beyond all measurement by time. He knows neither change nor decay. In God there is only the fullness of eternity. Yet along with being beyond time, or better, without time, God is present in the flow of human events, in the movement of history and in our lives. God looks at us with fatherly love, revealing himself as one who draws close to human beings, walks beside them, is present in their lives. Human history itself is seen to be a history of salvation. There are moments of special significance in this history. The making of promises to Noah, the choice of Abraham, the covenant with Israel, the repeated sending of the prophets to the chosen people. I will make my abode among you God tells the people of Israel and my soul shall not abhor you and I will walk among you and will be your God and you shall be my people. God's successive interventions in Israel's history announced and prepared for his definitive manifestation in Christ Jesus. This did not come about via mass movements or cosmic convulsions but with the simplicity of the birth of a child, but a child who is God. In Jesus of Nazareth, the word of God incarnate, the divine and the human, the temporal and the eternal are united. Contemplating this great mystery, the church sings in one of her Christmas prefaces, No eye can see his glory as our God. Yet now, he is seen as one like us. Christ is your son before all ages, yet now he is born in time. He has come to lift up all created realities to himself, to restore unity to creation. The birth, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus mark the fullness of time, the culmination of history, the moment standing at the very epicenter of time. Unlike other events in history, this one is always present, for it is a moment lived by the eternal Son of God in whom time participates in eternity. The whole of human history, says John Paul II, in fact stands in reference to him. Our own time and the future of the world are illumined by his presence. He is the living one, who is, who was, and who is to come. Before him, every knee must bend in the heavens, on earth, and under the earth, and every tongue proclaim that he is Lord. A new and definitive era begins with Jesus. To recall his birth and life is not so much to celebrate an anniversary, as to point to the real possibility fully relevant today of mankind's union with God. Time following Christ is now the time of the Church, whom the Church, the new people of God, called together by Christ and vivified by the Holy Spirit, travels as a pilgrim on earth to make our Lord known. After Christ, The years and centuries roll steadily on, but he is never transcended or left behind. In the spiritual life, the founder of Opus Dei said, there is no new era to come. Everything is already there, in Christ who died and rose again, who lives and stays with us always. But we have to join him through faith, letting his life show forth in us to such an extent that each Christian is not simply alter Christus another Christ but ipse Christus Christ himself our human time will someday come to an end for each person as well as for humanity as a whole then Jesus second coming will mark the end of history this will be the definitive encounter of men with god the realization of the unity of the human race The transformation of the cosmos a new heaven and a new earth with no weariness or tears or death the time of the church is above all a time for continually proclaiming christ conserving his memory and transmitting it to each new generation all of us in the church have the mission of proclaiming jesus christ bishops and priests do that by preaching the word, fathers and mothers, when, in the intimacy of their home, they teach their children to pray and transmit a model of Christian behavior, theologians and philosophers by reflecting on divine revelation and relating it to science and culture, teachers and educators by helping to form their students, men and women of the most diverse professions, by the Christian witness of their words and deeds. Christ is urging us, said Saint Maria. Each one of us has to be not only an apostle, but an apostle of apostles, bringing others along so that they, in turn, will encourage others to make Jesus Christ known to everyone. He also explained how this was to be done. And quoting him, I say, naturally, Simply, living as you live in the middle of the world, devoted to your professional work and to the care of your family, sharing the noble interests of men, respecting the rightful freedom of every man. If we act in this way, we give those around us the example of a simple and normal life which is consistent, even though it has all the limitations and defects which are part and parcel of the human condition. And when they see that we live the same life as they do, they will ask us, Why are you so happy? How do you manage to overcome selfishness and comfort-seeking? Who has taught you to understand others, to live well, and to spend yourself in the service of others? Then we must disclose to them the divine secret of Christian existence. We must speak to them about God, Christ, the Holy Spirit, Mary. The time of the church stretching from Christ's ascension into heaven to his glorious return at the, re- at the end of history is also the time of faith and of hope. We welcome the good news and wait with loving eagerness for our definitive meeting with our God and it is a time of regeneration, of human and divine rebirth. Christ has left his church the treasure of his word, and promised her the assistance of the spirit of truth. He has, he has entrusted to her the riches of his sacraments, baptism, confirmation, the Eucharist, penance, holy orders, matrimony, and the anointing of the sick, footsteps of the incarnation of the word, as St. Maria liked to call them. They are salvific events, Moments when the risen Christ transforms souls with his saving power. Therefore, the time of the church also is a time in which grace is manifested. Certainly, sin still exercises its power, but as St. Paul wrote, where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. Our days are our days of struggle. We suffer defeats, but with God's help, we also win victories. Consciousness of our weakness should spur us to rely on prayer, to trust in Christ, in the Holy Spirit, and in the Father, and to begin, or humbly, to resume the journey. Throughout the 20 centuries of the Church's history, one finds in every time and place heroic testimonies, some extraordinary others humble, of fidelity to Jesus Christ and his divine message. John Paul II spoke of the fruits of holiness which have matured in the life of all those many men and women who in every generation and every period of history have fully welcomed the gift of redemption. But, he added, the church always acknowledges as her own, her sinful sons and daughters. This vision should foster in us both holy pride and sincere humility. The time granted to us is a treasure, an opportunity to carry out the mission given us by God. One's earthly path brings with it exceptional moments, usually few in number, and the common concerns of each day. There is a temptation to divide these moments into good and bad, the ones that suit us, And those we find unpleasant or mundane. But Saint Josemaria insisted, there are no bad on inopportune days. All days are good for serving God. Days become bad only when men spoil them with their lack of faith, their laziness, and their indolence, which turns them away from working with God and for God. Time is a treasure that melts away. It escapes from us slipping through our fingers like water through the mountain rocks. Tomorrow will soon be another yesterday. Our lives are so very short. Yesterday has gone and today is passing by. But what a great deal can be done for the love of God in this short space of time. Our time in this life can and should be immersed in the very life of God. God became man to share human temporality and raise it to eternity. And this should make us eager to enter upon each day with new love and dedication. Redeem time, spend it facing God in the service of others. So, whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. We give you thanks, almighty God, for this and all your benefits, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. May the Lord grant us his peace and life everlasting. Amen. Holy Mary, our hope, handmaid of the Lord, pray for us.